Amen. It's okay. We can be a little interactive tonight. Is that okay? Who's tired? Let's just be real. Who's tired? Okay. But we could be interactive tonight. It'll help us to stay awake. Amen. Hopefully I won't put you to sleep. I pray I won't in Jesus' name. But uh, we want to we be those that are participating, not just spectating. As in, we're not just sitting on the sidelines, just watching what's going to happen and then say, oh, well, whatever happens, happens. Yeah? We want to be those that step in in faith and we want to go in with God and we want to be like, yeah, God, I'm all in. I say, yes, Lord, yes. There's this old song. It says, I say, yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I say, yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart, I'll agree. And my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. Amen? Amen. So let that be our prayer tonight. Amen? Amen. So it's been an amazing evening so far. And there's just more to come. Because God is a God of abundance. Amen? Amen. Come on. So I'm just going to pray and then we can jump right in. So Father, I thank you that you are so good. Jesus, I thank you that you are awesome. And Jesus, you're here. Lord, whether we feel it or not, Lord, you're here. And Lord, I thank you that we can step out in faith in that, Lord. I thank you right now for just a greater release of your presence in Jesus' name. And I just pray you'd make these words be sharp coming out of my mouth. That as they pierce hearts, Lord, it would bring forth what you have intended. Lord, that it would be with grace and with love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So, tonight... My message, there's going to be two responses tonight. And you will have one of these responses. There's only two. Each one of you, you will have one of these responses. Either you'll think my message is foolishness and boring or just, just straight up, like, what the heck? Like, that's, that's dumb. Or it will be power to you. The message will never change. But your response, the the response can change in the sense of depending on the circumstances you come in with and what you're going to allow to affect your response, it might. But the message will never change. I'm going to preach the gospel to you tonight. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 1.18. It says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So you can see the two responses in that, right? The message of the cross will be the same, but, the, uh, but your response, either foolishness because you're perishing or power because you're being saved. Amen? Amen. Amen. If this message is boring to you, I would question if you've actually believed it. I remember I was one time putting uh, one of these kids, uh, kids to sleep and I was, uh, I was praying for them and then I preached the gospel to them. And as I did, this kid's response to me was, oh, why do you keep saying that? It's so boring. And in my heart, what came out was 
It will never be boring to those that believe it. The gospel will never be boring if you believe it because it's power. That's the reason why you can be free. That's the reason why you can know God. It's power to you. And tonight, I believe that God is going to give, release that, that power in it. And there will be some of you that will think this is foolish. But tonight, there's, a, there's an opportunity where you, to, you can get right with God. Where it doesn't have to be foolishness anymore, but it can be power to you as well. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we're going to look at... The gospel. So if we turn 1 Corinthians 15. We'll start with verse 1. It says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel, which I preach to you, which, you, which also you received, in which you stand by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love those verses because it puts the gospel in such simple terms. A lot of people say, oh yeah, I know the gospel. Oh yeah, you know, this is the gospel. But this is the gospel in its simplest form. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That Christ was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So when anybody asks you, oh, what's the gospel? That's what the gospel is. You can go, oh, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. You can, you can know it like the back of your hand. And this is what the gospel is. And so let's, let's just, let's dive into it, yeah? Let's dissect it as it were. So if we can put both 3 and 4 up on the screen, and if you could leave that there for right now, that would be great, if that's possible. So 1 Corinthians 15, 3. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins. We're, that's going to be our first point, if, you wanna, if you're taking notes. Christ died for our sins. So what's sin? Come on, we could we be a little interactive. What's sin? Lying? Stealing? Adultery? So it's missing the mark of God's standard. So God, God is his standard, right? We can, we can list out those 10 commandments. Don't lie. Don't steal. Don't cheat. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Right? We, we know them. Well, at least some of them. You know, don't have any idol before me. Honor your, mother, honor your father and mother. Don't covet. See... I want to touch on that idol, because a lot of us have one. We carry it around with us all the time. We're on here. If I were to look at your, uh, what is it, the screen usage on your phone, how many hours a day would it say that you're on it? How many hours a day, you think? 
two, three, six, seven? Boy, it might be a lot, hey? And if I were to ask you, how, how, many, how many hours do you spend with God? Daily, you know, we're on our phone every day, you know, we, we set aside time for that. Oh, kids, just leave me alone. I just... But do we set aside time and get into the presence of God? Do we set aside time away from that and say, no, Lord, I want, I want to meet with you. There's idols that we have in our life. And Jesus is very clear on those things. You shall have no idols before me. It could even be your children, you know? Your children can be your idol. Whatever you're serving more than God in that sense, that it comes first in your life, that's, you've painted a bullseye on it for the devil to use to destroy you. It's an idol in your life. Doesn't mean we can't have a phone. That doesn't mean we can't have kids. That doesn't mean we can't have nice things. But Jesus has to be first. And if we've missed that, we've missed the mark of God's standard. Sin. It's sin. A three-letter word that will make a grown man scream. Sin. Sin separates. Don't lie. Don't steal. Don't cheat. And what have we done? Just for, for me, I've lied. I've stolen. I've murdered because I've hated someone in my heart. The Bible says it's like murder. You've committed murder in your heart. Lust, adultery, same thing. You're having sex with someone in your mind. It's sin. We've all missed the mark. We're all guilty. You can even just miss one and be guilty of them all. You can just miss one of them and fall short of it all. This is God's standard. And nothing of what you can do can make you right. How many of us see, you know, those, those commercials where they say, give to this place and, you know, we need your money for this. And, you know, you feel compelled in your heart to do it because it's a good deed, you know. Maybe it'll be a little easier when I get to heaven. You know, I get to those gates and be like, well... I gave when the commercial, you know, came on on the telly. Or maybe, you know, your friend's moving and, and you want to help them pack and lift their heavy boxes. Or maybe there's someone walking across the street that needs some help. Or, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'll go. And you think that by doing so, you're making yourself right with God. That's self-righteousness. Maybe you're like, oh, maybe I can do enough good things. Maybe if I just don't swear often. Or maybe if I just do just, just a little bit, but not a lot of that. But, you know, I'll, I'll be okay. I'll go to church on Sunday. It'll be okay. Maybe I'll just go to life group in the week and it'll be fine. Or maybe what I can do is I can serve teas and coffees at church and think that that's enough. Because, you know, it'll weigh out, you know, good and bad. That's self-righteousness. Doing, trying to earn your own right, standing with God on your own, by yourself. 
it doesn't make you right with God. How many of you watched the King's Coronation? Show of hands. Yeah, so maybe not. Some of it maybe. Imagine, right, you get this envelope in the post and it has the royal stamp of approval on it. So you know it's come from the, the, the king himself, right? And inside is a handwritten letter, an invitation. You get invited to go to the king's coronation. Wow, what an honor. How cool would that be? Yeah? Whether our view of him or not, but how cool would that be to get an invite to such a thing? Yeah? And then the idea comes, oh, that'll be great. What will I wear? Oh, you maybe go to, uh, to H&M or, you know, River Island or, you know, maybe you'll go online and go shopping on there. I'm listing out girl shops because that's where I shop. So if, if you're a guy here, I'm sorry, there may be some other JD Sports or, you know, some other thing that you may, may go to, a suit shop. I don't know, right? And so, oh, okay, I'm going to get the best clothes that I can. And then you have the idea, oh, this will be great. You know what I'm going to do? <clears throat> you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go into the town bathroom. And I'm going to go in that bin that they have right by the toilet. And I'm going to fish out every used tampon and pad that I can find. Then I'm going to go to the next one and I'm going to get as many as I can. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sew them together and I'm going to create myself a, a, a beautiful dress out of used menstrual cloth. How gross is that? That's nasty. That's disgusting. It, it makes you sick inside, doesn't it? Even just thinking about it. That's your self-righteousness before God. That feeling that it just gave you times that by a billion. That's the feeling it gives God. It makes him sick. Self-righteousness is sin. We've, we've fallen short. Nothing of what we can do can make ourselves right with God. Absolutely nothing. All we could do, all we could bring to the table is our sin. That's all we could do. That's all we could bring is our sin. And there's a price for sin. The price for sin is death. If we look at Romans 6, 32. If you can pop that up, thank you. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We say amen sometimes to that, but we don't think of the first half. There's a wage for sin. How many of us have a job in here? Yeah? Do you work, do you, at the end of the month, or maybe the end of two weeks, or weekly, maybe even daily, you get paid, right? Yeah, you get paid. If you don't, then I'd, you know, I'd have some questions for you. Right? You get paid. Yeah? 
Okay, so you work and you work and you work. You work all month, right? And at the end of the month, you're, you're ready to receive your paycheck. It's what, the 30th of the month? And you're like, yes, I'm ready. Looking at my bank account, I need bills. I got to pay, you know. I got things I got to get, you know. I've got to get this and I've got to get that. And you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. And then nothing happens. Then you're like, that's weird. Maybe it's my bank. Anyway, you'd maybe get your information. You'd go to your employer and you would say, hey, you know, sir or madam, whoever is the, your, you know, your boss. And you're like, hey, you know, I've worked so-and-so amount of hours. I've worked this amount of days. This is the money that you owe me, but I haven't seen it in my account. You owe me this. You can even, if they refuse to pay, you can even go to court and legally say, you owe me this. And it's a debt that they owe you, right? It's the same thing with sin. The wages of sin is death. The price that you have to pay for sin is death. That's, that's the price. We've worked sin. We've worked it. That's what we've done. We've done the sin. We've worked it. So the wage that we're going to get at the end, death. Who's the boss? The devil. That's where we've worked. This is all of us. We've all fallen short. We've all, we've all missed the mark of God's standard. But there's good news. Because Jesus pays the price for your sin and for my sin in full. Amen? Amen. He pays the price fully and completely on the cross. See, Jesus takes your sin and puts it on himself. He doesn't become sin. He, said he becomes the sin bearer on that tree. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. Amen? Amen. So he became the sin bearer, but he himself did not sin. He committed nothing. So you know the things that we've missed the mark and we've fallen short, he completed it fully. So when it says don't lie, he didn't lie. When it says don't cheat, he didn't cheat. When it says don't commit adultery, he didn't even look at someone with lust in his heart. He completed it. He fulfilled it all for you and for me. And then all of your sin and my sin was laid on him and they crucified him. They put him to death. He paid the death penalty for you and for me. All of our sin was laid on him. He was crucified. It was a horrific, horrific. It was public. It was gruesome. It was shameful. It was a death. See, Romans, they were professional killers. They weren't like today's assassins, you know, where, you know, it's done secretly, quietly behind closed doors so that nobody finds out. No, it was public. It was horrific. It was in the wide open so that it was a statement to everybody for don't do what these people did. But what did Jesus do? He did nothing wrong. He was taking the punishment for you for your sin, the things that you've done wrong, your guilt, your shame on Jesus, the things you've done wrong was laid on him. I'm, I'm saying you because I don't want you to look to the person next to you. 
and say, oh, yeah, I know the person next to me, they've, you know, they've done it. <laughs> you know, I know that they've told a few lies. No, I'm talking to you. Your sin was laid on him. Your guilt was laid on him. And this was the price he had to pay. Why did he have to pay it? Because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. So in the Old Testament, they would have lambs. And they would have to have lambs without any blemish, without anything wrong with them. With no spot, no wrinkle, nothing. And they would sacrifice them as a sin offering before God. Jesus was the lamb without blemish, without defect. And he was sacrificed for me and for you on that cross. He did this because he wanted you. He did this because he wanted to. Because he loves you. Not for what you maybe one day would become. Or not because, you know, one day you may grow up and serve him. Or you may grow up and do some great big things. No, he wanted to because he wanted to. And he did it because he wanted to. And he, and he, and he wants you because he wants you. Because he can. Because he loves you. Because that's real love. Love isn't self-seeking. He did it because he wanted to. That was his motive. Not because of who you would become, but simply because he loves you. How liberating is that? For those of you that this is power to, that should be liberating to you. That should be freeing to you because you know that nothing of what you can do can add to the love of God in your life. Nothing of what you can do can add to God's affection towards you or his love towards you because it was demonstrated fully and completely on that cross. That nothing of what you can do can earn your right standing with God. So that frees you up to be exactly who God wants you to be. It frees you up so that you don't look to the left or to the right to see what anybody else is doing but you look to him and you're like oh Jesus I'm in it for you I'm just here for you and I'm gonna do it to serve you not to try and be like anybody else but because you love me and now I'm free so I can love I can give myself I don't have to be tied back by what anybody else says or what anybody else does or what anybody else thinks of me but I can do I can be free to follow him because he loves me and I'm complete in his love. Amen? Amen. Come on. This is exciting. The gospel is exciting. For those that this is power to, this is exciting. This is exciting. Hallelujah. I'm getting pumped up. Come on. Hallelujah. Point number two, we can go to, uh, I think uh, if you put up 1 Corinthians 15, 4 for me. We okay? Good. And that Christ was buried. Jesus Christ really died. He wasn't just asleep on the cross. He didn't faint. He didn't pass out. He really physically died. 
His body was a corpse. They pierced his side and blood and water flowed out. That's what, they, that's what happens when, when someone dies. That's what will come out. And he really physically died. They took him off of the cross and they laid him in a grave. You know, for those of you that this is power, the grave will never be your home. That will never be your home. That will never be the last say on you. You can lay me in any kind of color grave, but that's not going to be the last of me. Because I know that when Jesus comes back, I'm going to rise with him. That's not the end for me. The grave isn't the end for me. Jesus was laid in the grave so that I don't have to be. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on. The third point. And he rose again the third day according to the scriptures hallelujah that should stir in your heart because if christ isn't risen then we have a dead jesus in the grave and what makes him any better than any other god, any other god in this in this world the little g god in this world but he's risen He's risen from the dead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's risen from the dead. He's really alive. Because on that third day, God raised Jesus from the dead. And because of the resurrection, we have eternal life as a gift. Why? Because he has it. Jesus has eternal life. And because he has it, he's the only one that can give it to us. He's the only one that's been there, purchased it, and is able to give it as freely as he wants to. Amen? Amen. Amen. He gives us eternal life because of the resurrection. Not only that, but because of the re resurrection and being declared, uh, he can declare us right before God. We can have his righteousness as a gift. So you know how I said like everything that we didn't fulfill, like we fell short of God's standard and how Jesus fulfilled it. All of that gets put on you as if you did it. So all of the ways of God, that's put in you. So the where, where we failed and he fulfilled, he gives that to you as a gift. So, he, so you can actually enter into the presence of God and not need a sacrifice. Yeah. You, you can enter into the presence of God. You know how we, we sing that song, you know, the, the veil is torn and the doors fling wide. I see glory as I run inside. You can run inside with confidence before God because you've been made right with the blood of Jesus. Yeah. That's for those that this is power to. Now, remember, if it's foolishness to you, there's still time right now that you can, you can get right with God. And so you can be declared right before God. Hallelujah. That's because of the resurrection. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on. You could be declared justified. So you declared guiltless before God. How many of us were guilty and at night, you knew it plagued your mind. You try and go to sleep. You try and get it out. You'd be like, oh, why the heck did I do that? We're declared guiltless in the sight of God. Hallelujah. I was guilty. I was legally guilty. 
You know, I got caught by the police for some paraphernalia that I had. I'm declared guiltless now. I'm no longer guilty. I'm no longer guilty. That's not my name and that's not any label that's on me. So if you're in Christ, if this is power to you and you've been feeling guilty and you've been feeling condemned, the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So you know you can walk free in those things. Now, if there's something that you've been doing that's sin and you've been functioning in that, repent, turn from it, confess it before the Lord, walk in the light as he is in the light, and the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And you can walk in that freedom and you can say to that, that, that thing that, that's been plaguing your mind, go, I've been washed in the blood of Jesus. I've been cleansed. That's not who I am. That's not my name anymore. Guilt is not my name. Shame is not my name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on. Because of the resurrection, we have been made righteous. We've been justified. We have eternal life. That I'm going to heaven and no one can stop me. That that's my destination. I know that right now this is stirring in some people's hearts. I could see it from your reaction, that it's stirring and there's a joy. There's, a, there's like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. And I can see it by some of your faces like, oh my gosh, what the heck is she saying? Like, why, why is this important? Why are you spending so much time on this? Remember, two responses, foolishness or power. And today, it could be power to you. Amen? It doesn't have to be foolishness. You, because of the resurrection, you can be set free. No, you are set free from the law of sin and death. I'm going to say that again. Because of the resurrection, you are set free from the law of sin and death. So sin is no longer your master, but Jesus is. So you don't know, you know, you're, you no longer work for the devil, but you work for God. Amen? Amen. That sin has no say in your life. It has no say. I'm going to read these verses because these verses are awesome. It's in Romans 6. You have been set free. Hallelujah. From the law of sin and death. It says in verse 1. It says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in, in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Amen? Amen. 
for he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. For, uh, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Oh, I love those verses because just like how Christ really physically died, how many of us believe that Christ really did die on that cross? That he wasn't just sleeping, wasn't just resting, you know, that he physically died. That's how dead you can be to sin. That's how dead you are to sin if this message is power to you. That can be a reality in your life because sin doesn't have to reign in your mortal body anymore because you've been transferred from the power of death to the power of life from the power of darkness to the power of light, that you can walk in the light just as Jesus did. So you know when those addictions keep nagging at your ear and you're like, just do it, just do it once, just do it, just do it. You can say, no, I'm not bound to you anymore. You're not my master. Sin is not my master. Oh, it's okay, just smoke one more, it will be okay. No, sin is not my master. Dead men don't sin. Dead men don't sin. Have you ever seen a dead person walking down a street, like, you know, doing something they shouldn't be doing? No. Dead men don't sin. Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. That's how you should function towards it. Do they, do dead men even get enticed by sin? Do they even, you know, maybe like, oh, maybe a little bit. No, they're dead to it. Reckon yourselves dead indeed to sin. This can be your reality in Christ. This can be your reality. So right now, if this is foolishness to you, but you're like, but I, I don't want it to be foolishness. Well, that can change tonight. You can put your trust in Jesus tonight and he can wash you clean. He can forgive you of your sin because the price has been paid. The, the blood has been shed and you can walk in that freedom that you don't have to be slave to sin, but you can be a slave to righteousness. So you could be bound to do good things for God. Amen? How many of us would love that? That, that just, you know, like, you know, like how sin would have that effect on you and it would almost compel you to do what it wants you to do. That just like that, God can have that, that it would compel you to do the things that God wants you to do. That there's this draw, like I want to do what God wants me to do. And come hell or high water, I'm going to do it because I'm going to fulfill what God is calling me, that he's tugging on my heart to do. Amen? Amen. You can have that freedom tonight. You can experience that freedom tonight. Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus hallelujah I love that I love that so much because it's so freeing you know 
that even bad attitudes can be subject to Christ. I don't have to function like that anymore. Offense has no place because sin's not my master. I don't need it. It literally, it's, it's completely, if I function in sin and I'm born again, I'm acting contrary to my nature in that moment because I've been given a new nature in Christ. If I'm born again and I'm walking that way, I'm functioning contrary to what I was made for and what I was purchased for. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on. Two responses. It will always lead you to. Preaching the gospel will always lead you to a response. A lack of response is a response. So you say, oh, that's nice. I just, I'm not going to do anything with that. Well, you've made up your response already in your heart. It's foolishness. Because if it's power, you're going to go for it. How many of us watch those like uh, Marvel movies? I don't anymore. (laughs) My dad does. He watches them. But how many of us watch those superhero movies, you know, Marvel sometimes, you know, we've seen maybe Iron Man, Spider-Man, whatever they are now, right? Yeah, we've seen them. And you know how like the, the, they, they almost like have to have like a secret identity because if they, if people found out who they were, you know, they'd be like famous and then it has like that attraction to it, right? Well, in Christ, you should have that attraction to Jesus to do good works, because it's, he's power, and the message of the cross is power, and you want to be around power. You want to be around people like that. And so if this message is power, you'll find it in your heart that there's a stirring for that. If this is power to you, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm all in. I want more. I want more. I have 10,000 cups that I want filled. You know, I want more of this. And if this is foolishness to you, then... I mean, it's clear what the Bible says, then you're perishing. And today I would tell you, repent. Turn to God. Ask him for mercy. Ask him, God, change my heart. I don't want it to be foolishness anymore. I don't want it. And so tonight, you can get things right with God. So, amen. You can get things right with God. Maybe you've been trying to do it in your own way. Maybe you're here tonight and you're here because this is what you do. That you're here just because, you know, I need a fix. Or I need to experience some peace tonight. Maybe you're trying to do it all on your own way and your own standard, your own, your own ability. Oh, I'm trying. I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying. I'm trying. And that's a constant word in your heart. Oh, I'm trying. Jesus can set you free tonight that it's not your own way, but you stop doing it your way. And then you start doing it God's way. The Bible says if you come to him, He will by no means cast you out. He'll no means turn you away. But he receives all, all who come to him. Not some, not maybe just one or two of the best of the pickings. No, all who come to him, he he, he receives. Amen? Amen? Amen. If this is foolishness to you, then don't let your circumstances dictate your response today. 
The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Actually, it says now is the day. A lot of people will say, oh, you know, tomorrow. Tomorrow I'll do it. Tomorrow I'll start the diet. <laughs> tomorrow I'll go to the gym. Tomorrow I'll, I'll eat right. Tomorrow I'll do this. Tomorrow I'll do that. But we have no idea, even if we're going to wake up tomorrow, we have no idea when Jesus is going to come back. We have no idea even if we have tomorrow to be able to play with. The Bible says now is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. So don't wait. If this is stirring in your heart and you're like, wow, this was boring and this was foolish, then now is the time to respond. Not tomorrow, not at another meeting, not at another day or another evening or, you know, maybe when the circumstances are right in my life and I feel like it. No, now, now is the time. Now is the day. I would hate, I would hate it for you to walk out of here and you had that stirring in your heart and you just, you just let it go. Is it where you let Jesus just walk right by? You didn't even reach out and grab for him. And tonight was your last night. God forbid. I would hate that. Where you didn't have that moment. Where you didn't get right with God. We've all had moments where we're like, oh, wow, that was a close one. I could have died in that moment. How many of us have had those? Maybe a, almost a car accident. We've had moments where we were literally dead and we got raised up from the dead. Yeah? Well, we've had moments like that. How, in your, in your, in your heart, in the, that moment, you're like, whoa. Everything flashes before you. And it's almost like, what, what does my life amount to? What does it come to? It all, it all hits you at one moment. And you're like, oh no, what am I going to do now? Fear may set in. If fear sets in, then where is your life founded? Is it in Jesus? Or is it somewhere else, maybe in your own ability? It really, it really tests things. When things shake, Everything that, that can be shaken will be shaken. And so it'll really, rely, it'll really reveal what your true foundation is. If it's really on Jesus or not. You may say it's on Jesus. You may act like it's on Jesus. But in those real moments, will it really be on Jesus? And this is something that we want to weigh up. Because, you know, we're not promised tomorrow. And so I want just everybody to close your eyes right now. And so we're going to just speak with God for a second. And those of you know in your heart, it's already been stirring where it's been foolishness. And tonight is the night to get right with God. It doesn't matter if you've done this a bazillion times, but tonight can be different. Tonight can be the real night where you actually lay it down and you don't pick it up where you actually turn from your sin and you stop doing those things and you actually follow Jesus. I remember growing up as I did in a Christian home, I would pray the prayer all the time. And it wasn't until I got to the end of myself that I said, I've tried my own way and I can't. Jesus, you do it for me. That Jesus came in in that very moment like an instant and things changed. Amen.
So let's ask the Lord tonight. If it's been power to you, just thank the Lord for it. Thank the Lord for the, the price he paid for you. Father, right now, I thank you that you're stirring on people's hearts right now. Jesus, I thank you that you are so good and so faithful, and I thank you for the message of the cross, that it's foolishness to those who are perishing, but it's power to those who are being saved. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you that you weigh it out, Lord, even to just two responses, that it's not super confusing, but you make things very clear. You draw a line in the sand. And so, Lord, I just release right now, Holy Spirit, that you would work on people's hearts right now. Do what you've come to do. Convict of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Bring genuine repentance tonight. Maybe tonight, as I've been speaking, you've... You thought, wow, this is boring, this is pointless. Why is this the message that's being preached tonight? I came for something more than this. Well, this is where we all enter by. This is the gate in which we enter through Jesus Christ. So tonight, if that's been your response, but you don't want it to be that. You don't want it to be a response of foolishness. You don't want it to be a response of, of oh, this is boring then right now is your moment to get right with God. To say, Lord, I'm sorry for everything that I've done. I acknowledge I have sinned. But Jesus, I want the payment that you made for me. Tonight, some of you may, may this may have been power, but, you know, I touched on a few things that you're like, wow, okay. Lord, I need to get that right before you. Maybe it's self-righteousness that you've been trying to figure it out on your own. Tonight you need to repent and just give it to the Lord. Maybe it's the idol. You've had things above God or before God. And tonight you need to cast down your idols. And you need to enthrone him, Jesus, at the first place again in your heart, in your life, in your actions. And so right now, if that's you, if you know that that's you, and I know your heart is pounding right now, I want you to raise your hand. And I'll wait because this is an important moment. Because this isn't between me and you. With every eye closed, this is between you and God. This is a holy moment. You know that there's sin in your life that you want dealt with. And you want to give it to the Lord. Tonight is your moment. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. 
I don't want you to hesitate. I don't want you to think about the person to your right and to your left. I want you to respond. Amen. I see your hand. Amen. Amen. We're all going to pray together out loud. Because the Bible says if we confess that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, then you will be saved. And so let's just pray all together out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Wash me clean. Forgive me of my sin. God, I believe you rose Jesus from the dead. Jesus, be Lord of my life. Be my king. Be the first in my life. I'm sorry for trying to do it my own way. I want to do it your way. Help me. Lead me. Holy Spirit, fill me to be able to walk like you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.